You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. It happens to be the day before International Women's Day when we're recording, so what more could you ask for? Well, great conversation. Okay, we have that for you as well. For those of you who don't know me, I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of the award-winning Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals, and creator of the Deb Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. And every Sunday night, I leave the Gold Chat Twitter chat. And then on Mondays, I bring in friends to dive deep into the topic. And then on Thursdays, it magically becomes an episode of the Deb Show podcast. So whether you're watching live or the replay or listening, we are so glad you're here in the community. And today we are talking about community. See what I did there? I love it when like the worlds come together. I feel so meta to talking about community in a community, but isn't that really the point of community? And we're talking about it on Meta, right? Where that's one of the places where we're live right now. And we are live <laughs> on Meta and LinkedIn and Twitter as well. And tomorrow we will be uploaded to Instagram and YouTube. And it's really all about the concept of one piece of content, share it with all of your places so people can enjoy in whatever community they like. But we're like five steps ahead, so I'm going to back up. <laughs> and with us today, we have Christina Garnett from HubSpot. And I'm so excited when I was, when I was crafting the panel, I was asking Christina, Christine Gritman, I said, who is the go-to? Because I know like so many people in the socials. And she said, if you don't know Christina, now's your chance. So I'm really glad to meet you and have you on the conversation today. And also, obviously, we have Christine Gritman, who is the senior editor for the about to launch, or depending on when you're listening, newly launched social media polls with Agora Pulse and the, the queen of chat about brand. So we'll just call you that because it is true. And we have Doreen Marin Van Dam. And I'm so it's always fun because you're like you're like the organic queen and you do community management. And we've got you in a little, your your fingers are in like so many different pies. Okay, only three minutes in, I've already mentioned food, but it's so, because you've got such a broad background, it's, it's just perfect. So obviously we needed to have you here. So I'm thrilled and I would love to give you all the opportunity to introduce yourselves. I was gonna say better, but really like more. So Christina, welcome. Please to help people who you are, where they can find you 
and why you're so excited to talk about community. Absolutely. So like you said, I'm Christina Garnett from HubSpot. I am the senior marketing manager and I run the program called HubFans, which is our customer advocacy program. And I also do offline community. So I work with the community team and I'm actively trying to figure out how can we create a better experience for our customers, for our partners, for our potential customers to learn more about us. And so I get to be a fan of the fans, as I say, because I really get to be that person that's that every single day I'm trying to find out what are they motivated by? What's going to make them feel special? What's going to make them feel appreciated? If you don't know me, you can find me on that Christina G across socials. And when I'm not talking about HubSpot and customer advocacy and community, I'm probably talking about Marvel or Virginia Tech or Liverpool Football Club. Is that all? Just a little bit. That's awesome. And perfect. Thank you. Welcome so, so much. Um, so happy to have you here. Christine. Good to see you and welcome. I'm looking right across the room at my uh, Marvel pop figures. So (laughs) I I share that love with Christina and I share initials with Christina, of course. Uh, I am not Christina Garnett from HubSpot. I'm Christine Gritman from the Social Media Pulse community, which is launching from Agora Pulse in like two seconds, which is amazing. And um, as the senior editor, I'm responsible for putting all sorts of great content in there that can serve all sorts of people who are social media professionals, whether you're an absolute beginner or you've just expanded your agency or anything in between. We've got something for you there between the content and uh, my colleague Deb Mitchell's community forums and mastermind groups and also my colleague Ruth Inman's um, uh, training and uh, academy and uh, certifications that she's developing there, all of us under uh, the head of global community, Paul Bradley. So we're very excited for that. We're also excited to be about to go to social media marketing world. It's the first time I've gone, like, not just representing me. So <laughs> it'll be it'll be a lot of fun to be part of something that is bigger and more interesting than just little me. And as Deb mentioned, I have a Twitter chat on Tuesdays, chat about brand. And I have a live stream on Fridays. Let's talk about brand. And you are the brand of the brand. And everything in your brand is red. So you're always just such a good example of branding yourself as yourself. Got to walk the talk. If I can't do it for myself, how am I going to show other people how to do it? Oh, my goodness. I say this all the time. I'm like, Mm -hmm. my goal stuff works because I do it myself. And why would I ever suggest something that it hasn't been proven, right? Right. So in social media, it's really just a playground for people like us to like meet new people and explore ways to connect. And again, getting ahead of myself, Doreen. Hello. Welcome. Great to see you here. Thanks. Um, for those of you who don't know me, I'm Doreen Morn Van Dam, born and raised in the Netherlands, but um, having lived in the U.S. now for almost 34 years, which is crazy, but that's why I wear my orange glasses and not to my Dutch heritage. I am, as Deb said, an organic specialist. If I specialize in anything, it's organic marketing, which means um, a lot of blogging, content creation, and community management, which is, I guess, why Deb thought I would really fit this panel. I'm so excited to talk to both Christina and Christine and Deb um, again uh, to all of you um, as a community manager um, for um, several brands, for several clients, 
Um, I do anything from creating that content to being that cheerleader to educating. And I have found that as a community manager, tying it also to social media management um, and overall content strategy, it really helps. The community is a great place to um, find content, uh, have conversations with those um, fans, as, as Christina said, and then create the content to fit what they need, right? And serve them exactly what they need. And then when the next fans come in, content's already there. So it's been a really great little wheel of um, content creation for the last few years and um, absolutely love it. So thank you for having me on, Deb. Well, and thank you for, for coming back and joining the conversation. And isn't it really like the best time to be in social media? And, and I've met, well, I met both you, Christine, and Doreen through Social Media Marketing World because when I was an editor for Social Media Examiner, I worked the event for several years. And what I think uh, Christine and I discovered last time she was on the show is we met we connected. We never had a conversation until she was a guest on my show. So oh. how because, it goes so much of the time. But that's why it's, it's what was my tangent? Oh, yes. Yeah. So now it's fun to watch like all this evolution because the world that we've all lived in for years, everybody else kind of got thrown into mm-hmm. yeah. about two years ago, which is the joy of connecting and reconnecting and re-reconnecting in the digital space. So how has, well, Christina, let's start Mm -hmm. with you. So how has social, before we jump into community, uh, in what ways has it changed community-wise or just social-wise for you the last two years? I think the biggest thing for me, and I, I think we're seeing this widespread, is community has been around for a while, but someone threw a grenade at it. It became a buzzword. It became the talk. It became the the idea of how do we adapt? And so they were trying to figure out how to create communities. And we're still seeing this now. We're seeing this ripple through Web3, through NFTs. We're seeing it ripple through employee advocacy. We're seeing it all over the place because people desperately needed a foothold. And I did this myself. I wound up leaving an agency during the first part of the of the um, I won't say apocalypse, but the first part of COVID because I burned out so badly. And I wrote a few pieces talking about that burnout. And I think that I think that community more than anything creates a safe space because it's so easy to go on social and only share your wins. It's so much harder to be vulnerable and to say, I'm drowning. Like I'm drowning. I don't know what to do. And a lot of social media managers have been in a situation where literally the past three years, do we go dark? Do we change our verbiage? Are there certain words we can and cannot use? Do we have to, are there certain things we can comment on? Oh no, we have to have an actual statement about this. There's a brand or a CEO. We saw it today um, with Disney people are trending almost every single day because someone is holding them accountable for saying something or not saying something. And so it's a tight rope and social media managers have had to carry that weight on their own. They're not in those meetings having the decisions, but they're the ones that are having to deal with the wrath. They're the ones that are having to keep track of it. They're the ones that are having to see this. And so what I think you're seeing is I think the social media managers were doing the great resignation before everyone else was. 
they were on the front line seeing all the good, all the bad, and were not in a capacity to unplug. So I think what you're seeing is I've seen a lot of friends leave social media. They've pivoted into completely different marketing roles. We have people who are also shifting into community because they love that relational marketing, but they can't do like the, just the vitriol that you see in the comment section. They want to do more one-to-one scaling. They want to take care of people. And so I think what you're seeing is those people on the front line on social, they're really leading the charge into the trends that we're seeing today, like the great resignation. And for me, I see it all the time. I have a lot of friends who are social media managers. I have a lot of people leaving, a lot of people deciding if they even want to stay in marketing, if they're just, there's also this idea of what am I really doing? The world's on fire and I'm trying to sell stuff. There's, I feel like the entire world is having a midlife crisis all at the same time. And we're all just trying to figure out on its way. And that's where community comes in. You don't feel so alone. You can't, you can't remove those feelings, but you can have this communal venting, this communal session, this, there's something, there's something very painful about being, about feeling alone and in pain. But if you're able to share that in a safe space, if you have a community of colleagues who get it, who understand it's, it's going to make that weight a lot easier for you to lift. There was so much awesome and, and reality check in that. And I thank you for that. And one thing that, that I say, well, a couple of things I say all the time. The first one is you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your peeps, which is why I love hosting this forum every week. The other thing is the reason I wrote my book was to help people embrace change by choice or by circumstance. And the book came out six weeks before everybody had changed by circumstance. Now, just as we're ready to like, okay, embrace, we get to live life again. Oops. Uh, so finding places where you feel safe, it's, it's been important the last two years. Now it feels like it, it all got up leveled. And so, for, and for some people, that's the only psychological safety they have. Yes. I, I see you nodding a lot, Christine. Do you want to chime in? <laughs> I just, I just, I told you Christina would be amazing, <laughs> but uh, I mean, everything she said, especially since, I mean, we, we kind of knew that this was coming, but the, the need for connection, I feel like it has accelerated a direction in which social media was already going, which was um, that people were, people had become so connected to each other, even to brands, just so connected to, you know, celebrities, whatever, through social media, because it was kind of our only human connection um, for a little while there. And it, it just exacerbated it so much more. Um, and so because of that, brands and public figures and people now have to be a bit more than they were before. Because previously, anything like that where we were, um, you know, whether it was some, trying to sell something or just, you know, a, a movie star or whatever, previously, they just kind of had to be window dressing or a billboard or something like that. But now that this is our life, now that we're all living online, and especially since we're living through such insane times, there's been this increased burden almost that we're putting on every account, every person, every brand, every everything, because it's become part of our personal identities. Um, 
who who you follow, who you retweet, who you talk back to has become a reflection of self to a degree that I don't, that I think was always there a little bit with social media, but it's really like turned up to 11 now. And, and it's, it's been an interesting shift and some brands and people are weathering it. Well, some of them are prepared to say, you know what, we have to be more human. Now we can't be all canned messages. We have to be more human. We have to listen if we want to be listened to. So they're kind of embracing the fact that, you know what, this isn't a one-sided relationship anymore. But then some brands are doing it poorly and we're seeing we're seeing a backlash to that. It's a really hard time in a sense to be, you know, as you said, on the front lines of social. And a lot of people are realizing, you know what, I can't, I can't this is too much. Because when it comes down to it, posting on Twitter is not curing cancer. You know, I mean, you have to have some perspective, but at the same time, it's all people who are craving connection have at times, especially in the past couple of years. So it's, it's a complicated time to be in social. It's an interesting time to be in community. And I think what Christina said about the people who actually want to like take care of people instead of just being there, like, okay, <laughs> um, attack me for a tweet. I mean, I, th- I think it's it's definitely a, a big difference between the two for sure. And, you know, again, some companies are adapting well and realizing that the only way to weather this is to be more human and to care more. And some companies are just refusing to make that shift. And it's, it's going to be interesting to see in a couple of years how this trajectory goes. Well, it's very interesting because we we had a question very similar to that. But I want to pull out one thing that that both of you said, which is, are we saving the world? No. Are we entertaining the world? Are we informing the world? Yes. So please do not. I know that nothing. We're not we're not doing something frivolous, but um, yeah. It's at, at the same time, I think when it comes to human interaction, people need to recognize the limitations of, you know, the fact you're only reading 280 characters and judging a whole person or possibly thousands of people <laughs> based on it. It's 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 been an interesting time for perspective. And I'm going to get to you in a second, Doreen, I promise. But I because uh, Christine started addressing this. Uh, Dhani, who had asked, do you think this type of community will disappear once COVID restrictions are lifted? I don't think so. I I think it's just hybrid. This just opened the door to let everybody know what we've known. But you go. And not over. Doreen, do you want to start with this one since you've been so patient and quiet? The question that she just asked? Yes. Yeah, I don't think it is going to disappear. I think um, community, um, the the purpose of community has shifted a little bit. I think um, when Facebook opened up Facebook groups, you know, 11 years ago, around that time, uh, it was really exciting and people didn't really, really know what to do with it um, very much. When I took over my first community like six years ago, I wasn't really sure, you know, how can I use it to sell? That kind of was my first thought. And um, things have really shifted during COVID. What Christina said about social media managers leaving, I have seen that, witnessed that. I sent a lot of my friends that tried to look for jobs because they want that stability. Um, they also are finally able to have that job and 
um, work remote, hence Christine Gritman. Um, so those things are all happening and shifting. And then within the communities, you know, for two years, I've been saying the future of social is private. And that includes community. It's DMs, it's messages, it's, you know, Deb, you asked us to be on this panel. There was no public conversation happening about any of that, right? So a lot of these conversations and this networking happens behind the scene. And some of that happens in private Facebook groups or Slack channels or LinkedIn messages. And I have found that um, more and more, that's where people go to make those real meaningful connections. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's kind of the shift I've seen in community. Um, as a community manager, I have gone from being, um, you know, this was in the early days, kind of being the um, police person, just, you know, policing the community to being the cheerleader, the um, uh, social worker, the counselor, the, you know, you have to read between the lines. People aren't really saying what they, what they feel. And um, I had this interesting conversation and I'd love to talk to um, both Christine and Christina about this. Um, but I think that maturity as a community manager actually gives you a leg up. I do mm -hmm. think that um, my life experience as a mom, as an immigrant, as a expat, as a, you know, there's so many adjectives I can add to that has helped me be a much better community manager. Mm -hmm. um, so I think that's another piece there that um, I feel very fortunate that I'm able to um, lead these communities. But I just saw that question, Julie, um, who was it, Marissa? Like the future Marissa. of social media is, yeah, absolutely. I mm -hmm. think so. I mean, mm -hmm. anything that I'm doing, anything who I'm really mad or that I talk to, it's not public. It's in, it's in, a, in a, either a community or it's in a message. And that's what's happening. And even, I feel even a live stream like this it's a small community of people who are watching live and, mm -hmm. and answering. So I would include a live stream like this on that as well. So yeah, absolutely wonderful conversation. It, it's really funny because before in the pre-show, before you jumped on, Christina and I were talking mm -hmm. about um, maturity mm -hmm. and different career trajectories. Some of this stuff is not for and and I don't want to sound like I'm anti-young people because that's we all know that's not true. But I think because of so much going on in the world, I remember years ago, somebody was hiring a social media person and they asked me to sit in on the interviews so they could get a good person. And I asked, and they were, you know, in Trini age, what you'd expect, right? And I said, where do you get your social media education? And her answer was, oh, I'm on socials all the time. And I said, let, let me help you out. And I basically gave her a list of, of like five. Against my advice, they hired her. I think she lasted two weeks. So that, mm -hmm. and that was like maybe four, year, four or five years ago. And I think the bar has just gotten, gotten higher and higher. Discuss. Christina? Yeah. So piggybacking off of what Doreen said, I do agree as there's a, there's a certain level of empathy that you have to have to be a builder. You, a lot of people think that you can own a community, you can start a page, you can start a Slack channel, you can start a discord and now it's yours, but it's being a community builder is one of the most selfless things you can do because you're never going to own it. It's people. It's, it's always going to be, if you have to choose them over you, 
you're instinctively going to choose them. You're going to make sure they're taken care of. They're given what they need to be successful, what they need to thrive. Um, one of our, one of my partners, one of the partners I work with at HubSpot, we've, we've talked about this and I, I've talked about how some of the best community builders I've ever met, they never had a community of their own. So they actively, there's like that, that hole in their heart that's constantly trying to make sure no one else has that hole. And so they're constantly trying to plug it in. And he's like, you are good at your job because you're one of the misfit toys and you actively look for the other misfit toys to make sure that they're welcome. And so that, that's what I really love. And I think that that empathy, it's, it's, it's hard to be a community builder if you only know what it's like to be at the cool kids table. You don't know how to welcome somebody. You don't know what it feels like to be on the outside looking in. So how can you prepare an onboarding experience that's going to make them feel welcome when they come in? That's going to make them want to return and have value. And so I find that that's really problematic. I also loved what you said about DMs and what Marissa said about the future of social is going into the DMs. I think what you're seeing is that continuation of the raw. Mm -hmm. We saw this with TikTok. Not everything's polished. Your Instagram grid doesn't have to be flawless. It doesn't have to look like a puzzle anymore. It can, it's just your life now. It's just pictures of your life. And so there's this removal of the, like the fake organic of like, it's more about this is what my life really mm-hmm. is. And I think that that's a carryover into the conversations, the DM is it, that's intimacy. Mm-hmm. there's things you're going to say in a group chat that has like four people in that you would literally never say on the timeline, like absolutely, absolutely not. And so I really view community as scaling relationships. That's mm-hmm. really what it is. And so one of the things that we do at HubSpot is yes, we have this larger community, but at some point that community, if you don't have other like micro communities within it, it's going to be too big. And so you're that person that goes into Disney World for the first time. You don't know anybody. Everyone's a stranger. I don't know what to do next. You feel overwhelmed and you don't feel welcome. And it has nothing to do with anyone else. It has nothing to do. It doesn't mean that they they were mean to you. It just means that you are not in a position to be successful. So in order to create value, you need those micro communities for the people who crave intimacy. There's plenty of people who can go out and they want to join a million, like a million person community tomorrow. But there's others that desperately need that safety net of intimacy where it's like, what if like, where are the people that are like me? Where are the people that are like me within this bigger space? And so I think that that DM thing, I think it's just as we're going to have hybrid of in-person and digital, you're also going to have that hybrid of the, the macro community and the micro community and those those really intimate core relationships that you build within that bigger space. And I can attest to you at HubSpot doing a really good job when Christina and I were, when Christina and I were there live in 2018, one Mm -hmm. of the communities I joined was first timer and there was a special um, place to go. We went, we met a bunch of other first timers, but the good thing was there were people like you Mm -hmm. and others who were not first timers who Mm -hmm. kind of took the charge and made Mm -hmm. us feel amazing and kind of gave us a lay of the land so i love that um, yeah and we so, didn't even work at hubspot yeah I, <laughs> I know and it was it was just amazing so i just wanted to say that like you don't just do it you walk the walk too oh, so i totally you. know that and that and that is you were so spot on with those micro communities and and listening and 
uh, you can do that within within a, in even a mm -hmm. larger group, you know, with hashtags and guides and you can, you know, do rooms and there's different ways to do that. But yeah, people want to find that person that they connect with. Um, absolutely. The one thing that I want to point out with the DMs that what you're doing there, you said, call, you said the word intimacy. There's mm -hmm. a lot of trust mm -hmm. because even if it's private and even mm -hmm. if it's small groups, you know, screenshots live forever. Oh, yeah. Mm -hmm. So there is that really, it's almost more of a um, intimacy than anything else. It, yeah. It's it's has to be such a trust thing for you to build that and what you say. I still will be in a DM with somebody and go, if, especially as a community manager, I have to really make sure that the words I use, if somebody were to, I always think if somebody were to take this as a screenshot and go back to the group, mm -hmm. if yeah. they're upset, what would that say about our leadership, right? Mm -hmm. In the group. And I always want to make sure that I represent that group and that community well, because I know that happens. I know people take screenshots, share it among mm -hmm. themselves, share yeah. back in the group. So that you you were you were really right about that, and and it, that's building building trust within your even small communities and micro communities. Absolutely, I I don't want to sound like too much of a shill here, but one of the things that with that that my colleague Deb Mitchell is actively doing in Social Media Pulse is from the get go, we're trying to figure out what micro communities are going to need to exist. Um, and I mean, sometimes it has to do with industry. Sometimes it has to do with background, but um, that's a really key component from the get-go because that's what you need. And we're really looking forward to, to people coming in and telling us what they need. But, but that's really key because if you, and to go back to um, Doreen, you experienced this social media marketing world a couple of years ago they did this was when they had deb she hadn't come to us yet <laughs> was um they had all these subgroups and it was it was a little overwhelming but they were trying to create as many subgroups as possible so that everyone at this huge event would feel like they had their people even if they didn't actually know them and they still do that with you know table talks and and meet up and eat ups or whatever they call them. And I, and I feel like most of the good events that I've been to, including um, inbound, which I'm excited to go back to in September. Um, I feel like a lot of the good events try to set that up in advance. So they use the online community to mm -hmm. form online micro communities so that when you show up in real life, you don't feel like you're walking into this huge sea of humans and you have no idea how to find your people. You've already found your people and they've facilitated the finding of your people. One of the mm -hmm. things that I find most satisfying um, online in general isn't even just the people who I meet, it's the people who I connect to each other. That is the absolute best so thing. Great. And I know that you guys feel that way too, mm -hmm. because I've seen you do it. And, and that is the best feeling of all, realizing I took this person and this person, and now they know each other and they're doing work together or they're learning from each other or they're, or they're friends now. And that's the most satisfying part. I think that's another thing that makes a good community person, actually. In addition to being a misfit toy, <laughs> and I have the photo receipts to prove that in the 80s, it looks like Pat from Saturday Night Live. I was pudgy with glasses and short curly hair. So misfit toy. But uh, in addition to that, I think also just 
just people who enjoy being the connector of other people. Mm -hmm. Like I don't have to be in that conversation anymore. In fact, if you guys are having your own conversations in the DMs without me, if you're going off and doing stuff without me being there to connect you because you guys are your own connection now, um, you some people don't like that. Some people are like, no. I want to be part of that. But some people are like, no, I love this. I love that yeah. this thing has, has sprung up that, that it, that doesn't need me to survive. It's its own thing. And I think that that's a really key component too. You have to kind of thrive on that and love the idea of that thing is happening. And I had a hand in making it happen, but it's really happening on its own. And, and that goes back to also what you were saying before Christina about how you can't feel like you own a community. Mm. You have yeah. to really realize that if you're doing it well, your community will kind of, it won't, I won't say it thrives, it doesn't need you. Cause of course, you know, mm -hmm. you can always get in there and do things better and nurture it and all of that. But if you're doing it right, the fact remains, it will tell you what it needs. It will come mm -hmm. up with needs you never even thought about and tell you how to fill them or people will come in and fill them. Like like Doreen said, how you were such a great cheerleader at Inbound and helping people feel like they were part of things and you didn't even work there yet. <laughs> and now you do. I think I've bled orange for a very long time. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I've been a fan of Agora Pulse forever and I've only worked there a couple months, you know, but I've been I've been rocking all the swag I could get for years. I have well, some Christine, what, what what you just <laughs> said, I wanted to point that out that yeah. that ownership of the community and Christina said it before. Um, when I, and this is just a very short example. When I moved to Vermont, we had, um, fiber optic cable option to, cause we're in a very rural, but it was a co-op owned 95% of the people in town in five towns got together and said, we all need this and their ownership made it happen. And wow. so when you have an online community that really is invested they own that. They are also, especially if you model the right behaviors, community manager, mm -hmm. they will start being those super fans, right? Those influencers yeah. within the community and welcome people in. And you don't even have to answer the questions anymore. They do it for you. They become your cheerleaders. And yeah. that's they own that community. And I absolutely love that you said that because that is that is my experience. And they feel like they do. And then they will invite more and your community grows and thrives. It's when you as the owner, um, you know, you make people feel like not getting a piece in that. And so, yeah, it, it very, uh, it, this is a great conversation. I love that you guys all get it. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it's, I think it's also really interesting. I, I love all of that. And just the, the going back to just being human, um, I'm working on a deck for a presentation and I'm, I'm using Maslow's hierarchy of needs to talk about delight and how you take care of people. And it works too easily. Like it, it just connects too much to the point where at the very, the very end, you have that self-actualization, which is exactly what you're talking about, Doreen, is they're empowered and they're knowledgeable and they, you've built that garden around them and now they can grow without you. And if yeah. they, they hit a wall, they know where to go. They know where the guardrails are. They know what they need to do, but they are in a position to, to take control and to really, to really kind of take things to the next level, which is where web three comes in. And my, my biggest concern for web three is that a lot of people haven't, I feel like I'm seeing community use there more than ever. 
and they're going through the motions, like they'll create a discord and then they only talk to them when there's a drop or there's going to be a promotion, but there's, and then they use bots to welcome all of them. And it's just, for me, like there's my manager and I, we're constantly, we're a really great team because he's constantly trying to figure out how, what can we automate? And mine is what can we keep human? What do we fight to always keep human? And that's for me, that's so intrinsic because there's nothing I could ever write. There's no canned response I could ever write. That's going to be me. That's going to be the same as me calling you or saying like, Hey, how are you? There's something incredibly important about for community moving forward. What, what needs to be automated? Because as you scale, you're going to have to do that. There's going to have to be pieces that are automated, but what has to be human? Like, what are the core things that, that, that has to be, I actually had this conversation with somebody who's totally into the web and three mm-hmm. O and NFTs. And he said to me, you as a social media manager, you are on the foreground of this. You, there's going to be a huge need for community managers mm-hmm. in that sphere because mm-hmm. you have to have that human eye mm-hmm. on those things. And he actually encouraged me to go really look at that for the first time I heard somebody say that what you just said that there are so many things you can automate you cannot automate human feelings that and Mm -hmm. and that listening to it's not just what they say it's how they say it and when they say it right there's all those pieces together and that just needs to be human to respond so absolutely it's going to be a huge job Mm-hmm. I feel like this all ties back to even the beginning of the conversation and talking about when you're building community, you have to show everything. And that really ties into the future of Web3. And and there's so much information out there. I love to just ask this question for in next week, the topic is communication. So I'm sure there will be more Web3 chatter, so tune in on that. But what do you think is the easiest way to describe Web3 for the people who are like, I have to get on board. What's next? What am I doing? Do you want to start this out, Christina? Sure. Um, So easiest way to break it down is we had Web1, which is there's no targeting. You're there. You just see stuff. Web two really started when you're getting those targeted ads. You're able to get data. You're able to pull and extract that information so that you can you can hit the key people that you want to hit. Web three is now we're actually alternating that. So instead of like these brands having ownership of data based on your behaviors, it's the other way around. So that ownership is actually going to slip to decentralization. So the brands aren't the ones who have the control. DAOs are a really great example of this. I actually wish more people were talking about DAOs than NFTs. NFTs work, they're fine, but they're shiny. They're they're the magpie version of Web3. DAOs and what you can do with that are incredibly important. How you can connect people for a a cause. Great example is Ukraine has, has accepted crypto donations. And they, I think as of yesterday, I think it was like $3 million in crypto. And so that's probably significantly more now. But what it's doing is it's creating a new way for people to come together. So I think a really cool way to think about Web3 is purpose-based community. What if you had a community that you could connect with each other, you can share assets, and you can use those assets for a common cause? We saw it probably on the biggest scale when people were trying to buy the, the copy of the Constitution, the Constitution DAO. 
Um, and now we're seeing it with others across the world. And some of them, they have one singular purpose and they either complete that purpose or they don't. Others, they keep going and they continue going and going and going on this like full on North Star vision. But for Web3, I think the best thing to think about is those those brands are going to lose even more traction. We've talked about how even on social, they have like the algorithm is not their friend. They still want to publish like they're talking at people and it's not working. And instead of being human, they're clickbaity now. We're seeing we're seeing tone deafness actually weaponized to get clicks. I've seen it all week where brands and I'm just like, I know people who work there. I know you're not this stupid. Like, I know, you know, not to write that. And then you're just like, I hope you got the clicks you wanted. I hope you got the engagement you wanted. And so the brands who do not spend the rest of Web2 embracing and creating those communities are going to be in a really weird position because the people are creating their own communities. They're creating their own intimacy. And if you don't have a backdoor channel to them because you have buy-in relationships, you can you can align with them on some of those purpose-driven things, you're going to be left out in the cold and you're going to be seen as a cash grab. We already see this with NFTs. There are brands that do it and you're like, you're just, you're just trying to make money instead of I'm using this as an opportunity to create relationships. I I have to, um, Eugene Barlez, who's a frequent watcher listener, just posted all things come around again. He wrote an article about micro communities for client in 2017, and he's going to republish it because of us. You're welcome. It, it's, I love what you were saying before. They're going to create their own communities. So if you're in a position to create a community to embrace your people, now really is the, okay, the best the best time was yesterday. Mm-hmm. The next best time is now. I think community building really fits into that old trite saying. Uh, Doreen, do you have thoughts on Web3 and community and Kumbaya? <laughs> no, um, I just want to jump on what Christina said about U- U- Ukraine. Um, I When we were talking earlier about community, um, and talking about, you know, what, you know, doing good. Um, it, it just jumped out at me that, um, and I don't know if it's the people that I'm connected to and I would love to know from you guys, but LinkedIn has been an amazing platform for those kind of connections. And I'm seeing a huge shift there, um, on LinkedIn and the sense of community now that LinkedIn is, you know, doing those hashtags and creator mode. And, you know, it's really the organic social on LinkedIn has really gotten me excited. And um, so I think that they're seeing some of that, but people are creating their own communities within LinkedIn with audio rooms and different. And um, so not necessarily about the web three, I'm still Web two with uh, where I am with a lot of my clients, but um, when Christina said that about Ukraine, I was like, yeah, I noticed that. I asked my husband if he seen a lot on social media, and what I see on Facebook is people posting pictures and people posting flags and support. But what I see on LinkedIn is people coming up with solutions and ideas and innovative ways of getting transportation and people and communities. And I'm just really excited by by what I'm seeing there. And I don't know if it's because I'm spending more time there that I see it. I'm connected to the right people. I don't know. 
but um, it's a very different feel than I would have expected. I'm very glad for that. Well, that almost speaks to the micro communities thing, because the fact is your LinkedIn might look different from your husband's LinkedIn, Mm -hmm. even, you know, we're all kind of curating our own experiences on social media via the algorithm. We're having different experiences. The people who say Twitter is a dumpster fire are having a very different experience from me where Twitter is a super supportive place full of brilliant people. So we're all curating our own experiences. So even the platforms themselves have become sort of not even necessarily the the barometer of, of how the experience will be. It's so mm-hmm. personalized. And um, a lot of those things, all, all three of us have been part of communities that are not living on a social platform. They live elsewhere. And part of the thing about that is that the people who go to those communities are there for that experience, as opposed to the fire hose of everything that can come at us on social. And um, yeah, because I I love the fact that the micro community you've built around your network on LinkedIn, Doreen, is is showing you that good element of what community can do. And I think that's when you, sorry, go ahead. Oh, I was going to ask, wasn't there a time when Twitter was serving the purpose that it sounds like LinkedIn is right now? Um, For some people it is. So it really depends. It goes back to where, what's your comfort zone? What's your comfort level? Where do you communicate? Again, next week's topic for Gold Chat Live. Um, and to find your community, and they really do go hand in hand. Okay, who did I jump on? Who wanted to say something? Was it Christina? It was Christina. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I was. I'm sorry about that. But what I was going to say is, I think that's the beauty of community too is it's, it's really easy when things are shiny and things are new and things are happy and everybody's happy. Like, it's really nice to say, like, we have a healthy community, but I find that you, it's in the bad moments. It's in the low moments when you really see what people are made of, when you really see their commitment. And so I've, I've really appreciated, I'm seeing the same things on LinkedIn. I'm also seeing the same things on Twitter. I'm a firm believer. And if you have a follower count that's of any note, if you don't use that to make the world better, like what's the point? Like, what is the point? So if you can share like good stories, like there was a video of the little girl who was singing, let it go, or the picture of the strollers in Poland that they were leaving them at the train station for the moms and dads who were coming over holding their children. Like there's moments of hope, but there's also how can you help? How can you get this out and making the news louder than the misinformation and showing how that support can look like, whether it's a monetary donation, whether it's um, sharing the news of others. And I think also, like, I think this has been a really interesting moment for the tech space as well, because there's a lot of tech that's in Ukraine that I don't think a lot of people realized. And so we're not only fighting to support Ukraine, we're fighting to support our brothers and sisters in tech. Like we want to keep them safe. We want them to be okay. Like, what can we do for you? How can we help? And so I think it's incredibly important that when you have times like this, where it's, it's, it's kind of like, I think it was Mr. Rogers who said it, like, look for the helpers. Mm -hmm. I think that that's one thing you can do. And like you said earlier, Christine, like we're not curing cancer, but we can amplify voices. I find that one of the best things to do on social, if you have, if you have a following is to be the voice for the voiceless fight for the people who can't fight for themselves, be that louder voice for them because 
Otherwise, like, what am I going to do to share like my Wordle score? I would much rather be the reason someone gets a donation. I would much rather be the reason why someone feels a little bit better and isn't crying looking at like doom scrolling on their feed right now. I think that there is some sense of power in a powerless world where we can really say like, this is literally all I have to give. How can I use this to make things better? Even a little bit. Mm -hmm. I love that. And definitely used for good. And I wanted to point out that of course of LinkedIn, the, the part that I didn't say, of course, I have a lot of connections to Europe because that's where I'm from. My family is there. So it makes sense that a lot of my linked connections are European. And I was shocked to find out today to read an article that there are nine different European countries are stocking up on iodine because Mm -hmm. we're going back. I grew up there in the 80s when Mm -hmm. the threat of nuclear war was real. I remember the angst of a 15 being 15 and all every popular song was about when the bomb falls, when the bomb drops and getting, that was a reality check for me today to read that and go, there's going to be a whole new generation of kids who are going to have that same fear. Yet we are now able to talk about it more because that was, you know, this was in the eighties. It was everybody, you know, you just had the micro community of who you were with, but now you can talk to anybody in the world and maybe that I was thinking that just sharing that story might make somebody feel better. You know, like we've been there before. Um, yeah. It's just, it's, it's, it's just crazy what's happening, but yeah, I love that you said that, you know, using it for good instead of, you know, especially those of us who have some influence online. I know, you know, all of us here have that voice, whether through our own show or through our following and being able to, you know, extend that community and help network even that you know connecting the right people to the right places that feels incredible absolutely and i think i think there's that that common trauma bond that we have like we we had it when covid started the world essentially all had to witness at the same time no matter how it was handled and then from there now we have this case and we're seeing these like global historical events and we're all trying to figure out in our way. And I I feel like that's, I feel like we're intrinsically a part of a community, whether we realize it, because globally we keep having these moments where there's no escape. There's, there's, you were a part of the community that's, that's experiencing these moments at this time. What I find, and it's not so much super interesting, but I scheduled this conversation, I think, what was it a month ago, Christy? Something like that. Something yeah. like that. And that we never, I always have a vision, you know, a theme for my month, the things that I want to talk about. And we were talking about community for just the value of community, the value of support. And I love the rabbit holes, this conversation. I can't design this. I don't know. <laughs> you know, when I schedule these things, we didn't know. I mean, yes, we wish the world were a better place and we're working on it, but being in positions where we can inform, enlighten, and even motivate is super important. And my my community, just to, to bring it back up to um, mainstream-ish, um, I started my community, my write-on group, it started as a live, in real-life people community. Remember those things? Like years ago, back when I lived in Chicago, 
And I restarted up again in LA in around, I think this was like the crossover between web one and one two, web two around 2007, 2008 is when it became a Facebook community, which led to other things. And now it's, um, it has expanded to my Twitter chat that even when I'm not around or if I have to pre-tweet because of some reason, my community is welcoming to all the other people in the community. So to have started something, and I know you all have these experiences as well, to have started something with real life face-to-face people, but to see, especially now, the amplification. And it's like, I've known some people for years I've never met. I may never meet in real life but they're still like really close and near and dear to my heart, which is why what you all are doing, what we all are doing, what anybody who's part of, not just who has a community is doing, but being that sense of support, that's never going to go away. That's always going to be important. Yeah. I, I always, I always say that um, my goal is for people when they meet me in real life, that they will recognize me out of a crowd. I want to be that authentic online, especially as a community manager. And, um, you know, it's not just my orange glasses, but the way I act, the way that they know things about me, right? Because that's the connection that we have. And I want to have the same with those in my community that I know about their dog or their you know, I, I, or their families or, you know, like the book they wrote or, you know, like that, that genuine interest. So, um, you know, that those worlds are about to collide again, as you know, Christine and I are going to go to social media marketing world. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited, but we, I think moving forward, these communities will be hybrid. There will be online communities that are going to go live in real person and, and vice versa that, you know, the places that used to be only in person are, you know, have found a way to exist online. So, um, and then of course we're going to go into the, um, virtual reality space, right? That's where we're going with all these communities. Metaverse. And that's another whole, so we're, that's, that, a, that's another conversation. I know it is, but that's, you know, that's part of community, right? It's um, about connection. That's why the metaverse is going to be a thing because it, it, it's simulated connection, but it's actual connection too. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm connected to a bunch of people who are already actively in there. Our friend, um, Leslie Samuel went to a church service um, you know, and he met all kinds of people of different faith. And, and he said it was just amazing to be in there with people he didn't know and make these real meaningful connections. And it was all through his Oculus. I mean, it was just, just crazy. And that's, you know, that's another whole level of community that a lot of us have not tapped into. It's here. It's already here. Yeah. I love that you said your goal is for people because it's a great transition for people to recognize you from online. And usually at this point, I'll ask you to gift a goal to our our audience. But before then, I've got Doreen's goal. What are your goals, Christina and Christine, in where in your community world? So what is a goal for yourself for the communities you create? Christine. I want people to feel invested enough to tell me what they want. I mean, my my worst nightmare when it comes to launching this thing is that people will just passively consume and no, 
no, don't do that. Or they won't consume. <laughs> no, I want people to, I want everything that we post to be a conversation starter. And I want them to basically give me my marching orders as to what to do next and what to do more of. And, you know, what is not actually that helpful. That's, that's really important to me because the fact is if, if people aren't speaking up, it means they don't care. And that's not what I want. Well, they definitely picked the right person to spearhead this. So <laughs> I'm excited for them and excited for you. So yay, go Christine, go. Woo. Uh, Christina, what about you? What is your goal for yourself in your community land? So last year was all about creating a foundation. This year is about establishing at scale a real strong global commitment to advocacy. And so what Christine was talking about earlier, where you're creating those bridges, what I really love is being that person that's in the corner for our advocates, our customers and partners who absolutely love us. And so for this year, what I'm what I'm challenging myself to do is to create those micro moments, to create those magic moments. I it's happened. It happened at basically every conference I've ever gone to in real life. I've had one of these. And the only way I can describe it is I am exactly where I'm supposed to be at the right time at the right place. And no one could have created that micro moment the way that I created that micro moment. So I want to do that, but I wanted to do that at scale in person at inbound online so that when people are thinking about in their career, here is how I got that opportunity. Here is why I'm a speaker here. Here is why I was able to write that blog. It all comes back to Christina helped plant that seed for me. Because you you want them to be invested in your community. I want them to know that I am invested in them and that I'm planting these seeds along the way that we can, we can grow that together. And so the, the soil is good. The fertilizer's down. I am all about planting flowers, flowers everywhere. Oh, I love that. I want my community to know I'm invested in them. And I think that's like common for, for the group. It's so important because it goes back to, you can't reach your goals on your own. You need your people. You need to put the people together and watch them make the magic. I, I get such joy when I see people who I've introduced on my show interview each other on their shows. And I'm like, I did that. So I totally get it. It's, it's, it's empowering and it's powerful to be that kind of voice, which you all are. So boy, this is such a good conversation. Uh, I do want you all to gift a goal to people who are watching one thing that they can do today, tomorrow, the second they're done watching this, or maybe they're going to pause and do it right now. What is something easy anyone and everyone can do to, well, I'm just going to say along the vein of community, because I want you to take it in whatever direction you would like. So um, let's start with you, Christina. I would say that you need to make a list. It can be on a Word doc. It can be in a spreadsheet, whatever you want. You're going to make two columns and you're going to do a give column and a take column. You're going to do one for your community or your brand or whoever is creating this community. And then you're going to do another one for the people that you want in that community. And I want you to realistically think about what you were willing to give and what you were expecting to take for you as well as the members. And then what I need you to do is I need you to look for alignments. A lot of what I do in my job is I take internal needs and I turn them into external opportunities. 
It's not transactional. I am converting. And that's what I think a good community builder does is they convert something that's an internal need and they turn that into what the community needs. And it could be the opportunity to speak at an event, the opportunity to share a quote, the opportunity to be featured, the opportunity to do whatever. But think about give and take and where the alignment is and be very honest because you need to be very understanding. And it's just like a target market. What's motivating them? What do they want? What do they need? What do they expect to have here? And then what are they willing to take? What are they expecting to get? What are they going to give? What are they going to take? And then a community builder, what are you going to give? What are you going to take? And you also have to make sure that as the community builder, your give is significantly longer than your take list. You have to always give more than you take. And that's it. That's your homework. And if let's say they they don't have someone's watching, they don't have a community. Mm-hmm. Can we adjust the goal? You can do the exact same thing for social media. So That's there's what that sorts was the things, right answer. Okay, good. So <laughs> what what sort of things does your audience want to take? Do they want to be entertained? Do they want to be informed? What does that look like? And then, and I think that I think that any brand that does that, they'll be able to have a better understanding of why show, someone should follow them. Why would someone like their content, share their content, engage at all, or just keep on going? And it's if you're not giving them what they want to take, they're not they're not going to engage. Great, excellent. I just want to make sure there's a goal for everyone, not just community builders. Even though we're all community builders in one way or another. Doreen, what is your goal to gift? I would like people to write down um, some things as well. Of course, as soon as Christina said list, um, write a (laughs) list of all the places on social that you are active every week, right? So if you're active, you go to Pinterest, whatever, and kind of see where you're having the conversations. And then where you're not. Um, For example, one of the things to look at is how many Facebook groups you are in, right? And really, the ones that you're most active in, probably keep those. But if there's some culling that I think would be a good goal to really hone in on where you're providing value and where you're getting value. And, you know, I've heard people say this, and not until, you know, last few years have I really done that, but spend 90% of the time where you really want to be and then 10% go to the other places. And mine has shifted uh, for personal needs to from Facebook to LinkedIn for business. I'm still on Facebook a lot more, Um, but for my personal gain and my personal relationships, 90% of the time I now spend on LinkedIn. And that's really been through this process of where do I need to be? Where do I want to be? Where do I, where do my, where does my cup get filled? And it's on LinkedIn. So that's where you, as you, as you are looking for community, just do a little audit, like a little community audit. I guess that's how you can call it. That's great. And, and so you're, you're just being protective of your time. Mm-hmm. You are choosing yourself and what you need. And you can still, and you can still give, you will still give, but to be focused and find better balance. So yeah. I love that. That's perfect. Christine, what is your goal? A little bit. I'm sort of winging it because I didn't know we'd have to have a goal before. (laughs) But I will say right now I'm very much in the headspace of I'm about to go to this conference and and I'm I'm 
about to be launching this community. So my brain is going towards talking to strangers. Um, I, I feel, I feel like I want everyone out there, even if it's just online, in fact, especially if it's online, I, I found some of my best Twitter relationships because they commented on someone else's thing. And I decided to go check them out and see what they were about. And I was like, oh, this could be an interesting person to know. And then we started talking. So I, I would say that my, you know, goal for everyone is to, Kind of, I mean, don't lose all day in that rabbit hole, but follow those rabbit holes a little bit. See what else is out there. Don't just stick to your little bubble. Expand your conversations beyond the ones you're already having. Talk to strangers. And and for anyone who's going to be in real life at Social Media Marketing World next week, definitely, literally, physically go up and talk to strangers because that has changed my entire life. So I would say talk to strangers, whether it's online or off, and see where it leads you. Can I edit to say talk to strangers, but be safe about it? <laughs> yeah, you can be safe about it. I met my husband on the internet, so I'm a bad person for that, but <laughs> meaning for, for be safe on the internet. But. You know, I, I read this, this uh, post today that a couple that met at a LinkedIn posting party then had a one-on-one Zoom a few months later, just got married. Yeah, that so surprised me one bit. <laughs> and I'm like, that's cool because you don't know where you're going to find your next connection. And if you're not out there, you're not going to find it. Find your safe spaces, be with people you trust. Don't uh, be safe, be safe, be smart about it. But when you find communities or people in communities that are attached to communities you trust, that that's a much better playground. Deb, a stranger's just a friend you haven't met yet. <laughs> it is a friend I haven't met yet, but also understand. So on Saturday for the California Creative Writers Conference, I moderated the scam and predator panel. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we we so can blame talk to that. Don't, <laughs> don't give that stranger your social security number, your address. Don't give them your kids' birth certificates on a PDF. But you know, safely talk to strangers. Thank you so much for for helping me edit. And I'm going to we're going to have a recap. It'll be up tomorrow, so you can go to thedebmethod.com/blog for the recap to this and my previous shows. And I know we're running over, but can we talk a few more minutes because you've got some questions in the chat. Mm -hmm. Is it okay if we go over a little bit? Mm -hmm. I, I try to keep it to time, but oh my goodness, what a wonderful rabbit <laughs> hole you've all taken us down today. And no, I didn't get to any of my chat questions, but that's fine <laughs> because I had a wonderful conversation today and I hope you did too. And this is unusual because Doreen and Christine both knew Christina and now I do too. So usually it's, I'm introducing people. So I love it when the tides have turned now. Um, okay. Here's one from Marissa. Uh, how can you demonstrate uh, to grow your business or prove to big wigs that it's necessary. I think we're talking about scaling relationships. Mm. So I'm, I'm going to interpret. And if I'm wrong, please realign. Businesses don't always understand the value in developing relationships. Is there a way to tell them, yes, this is important? 
Christina. Like with most things, you have to show someone else doing it correctly. They want they want proof of, of prior success. So probably the best example is Chewy. Chewy has created a community, B2C, but they nail the cardinal rule of community is you have to care what they care about. And so if you need a return, they'll let you keep what you have and they'll just give you like if it was wrong size or wrong item, they'll send you what you were were expecting or what you needed and then they'll keep that. They also have a community where you can join and you can be a part of pet related projects, whether it be shelters, whether it be people who are doing fundraisers for dog food or other things. In addition to that, they're sending birthday cards to pets. They're sending flowers to people when their pets have passed away. They did that for us. They are creating these micro moments that I can't even say it fosters loyalty because it's so much more than that. It is, it is basically saying you are entrusting us to take care of something that you love like a child. And we know how much you love that dog, that cat, that animal. And we are honored to be a part of that for you. And so we want to be a part of that process. So we want to be there for you in the good moments. We want to be there for you in the bad moments. They, they sent like paintings of pets, like just bonkers above and beyond, like masterclass in how to take care of your customers. And so... That's a really great thing that I would I would point to if you need to explain to a boss like why community man matters because it's a long haul. It's it's a it's it's long game. And but so if yeah, go ahead. I was going to say but it has to come from the top down. You yeah. if even if you sell it to a VP of marketing or if you even have this VP of marketing says we're going to do community, you have to have buy-in from everybody all yeah. the way at the top. Because if they don't get it and they don't understand it, they're not going to support it. And the community cannot thrive to the fullest. Mm -hmm. You can't get to do those things that Chewy, I'm sure I know because I'm a Chewy customer as well. Mm -hmm. Um, I have three large dogs. They eat a lot of food. Um, (laughs) And um, so, yeah, I mean, I just know that if you don't get the buy-in, you won't be mm-hmm. able to do the gift certificates or the cards or so it has to start all the way. So showing somebody is mm-hmm. one thing, yep. but, but then implementing it, even a small campaign in your mm-hmm. own community and then showing within your community, small successes yeah. will really build that, um, build that up and show that. Absolutely. And Comsor has a really great thing. It's called community led. They have a community led report and they talk about what that looks like. And you can see the brands who've done that where leadership has said we are a community led company. And that's exactly what they're doing is they're basically stamping it as from leadership down. This is something that we believe in. Excellent. And and she corrected it to say, uh, how do you let them know the value of creating community? I think that was answered. So we're good. We have a question from Kat Dillon. She's got a vocal email list. Any tips for getting my social feeds livened up, even if I choose not to put a lot of time and energy into it? Well, start by joining the waiting list to uh, Christine's Social Pulse community, (laughs) because I'm sure there'll be lots of education in there. So what are simple things people can do 
to do more social without doing more social. And Christine, want to start this one? I mean, it all comes down to starting conversations. A lot of people in businesses who think that social isn't really working or isn't getting traction, a lot of times what they're doing isn't starting conversations, at least not successfully. And and some of them are like, well, I am trying to start conversations. I'm asking questions. I'm, you know, but are you asking the questions that's already on your community's mind? You know, or are you just asking a question to ask a question? And if she's got a vocal email list, then she should probably know what they're interested in discussing on social and what they're interested in seeing on social. Sometimes it's a disconnect where they just don't know, you know, that those multiple touch points are there exactly. I mean, yes, if you're on a company's email list, you can probably figure out that they probably have social. But the fact is you have to kind of lead them to it. You have to make that connection. You have to say, you know, tell us over here what your thoughts are on this thing that you already know that they're thinking about and engaged in because they've been talking to you about it. So it's about kind of not having the channels be siloed. It's about having them all connected to each other and all very, very strongly led by what you're already hearing is interesting. Not what you want them to be interested in, but what you're already hearing they're interested in. Because, I mean, she, she's already, you know, ahead of the game. The fact that she's got a vocal email list, that's that's huge. That's incredible visibility into what they're interested in. Just, you know, show them how you are providing that experience in multiple places and get their buy-in there and get their involvement there, too. We're going to do one more question and then we can get to the wrap up. And this one's from Tanya Hewitt. She wrote, we have to be aware of filter bubbles in social media. Do we risk creating insulated echo chambers devoid of diversity and perspective? Doreen, you get this one. All right. Can I read it? Can you pull it up? Yes. (laughs) Sorry. I was listening. Well, by, by creating the healthy environments, are we creating bubbles? Is that a problem? Um, yes and no. I mean, if you're the, if that's the only place you are, yes. But you know, people have different interests, right? So I wouldn't expect Christine Gritman to go to one community and then stay there and just talk to the introverted people. You know, she would have different interests. So she would go. So yeah, you create a little bit of a bubble but you also want to invite people into that bubble. So as a community manager, you want to make sure that that job includes, you know, including other people. And even if it's a micro community, really staying true to that, but also saying, you know, what else do we need? Um, So there is a little bit of a risk, but um, I still think people love that. You know, I can have, I can have a conversation with the same three people every single week and call it a mastermind and be thrilled with that. And that that's a micro community. I don't think there's anything wrong with that because I'm also in other communities. Does that make sense? In multiple um, bubbles. Right. Bubble, I was going to say bubbles are your, your friends. Yeah. 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 I think, I think, I mean, that's really what it comes down to. Right. Um, if you're, and then the other thing is if you're in a community and think that's the only way to have a community or if that's the, mm-hmm only community that counts, then maybe, yeah, you've done yourself a disservice. But understanding that there's a different purpose. And and as I 
go through life. I'm understanding that there's different purposes for different communities at different times of my life. And, um, you know, I'm actively seeking out communities at this moment for different purposes. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think it would be hard to really get stuck in something. I think it's also important to, when we talked about earlier as communities being a safe space, I think when you're building something, you're setting up those guardrails, you're setting up here are the rules, here's how we talk to each other, here's how we communicate. I think it's incredibly important to acknowledge that because in the world of the internet, there's people who will misconstrue anything you say. They will pick a fight, they will they will what if all over the place to try to catch you and and try to espouse their anger over anything. In a community, especially as someone who's moderating, who's a manager, you're in a position to educate people and be like, we're all adults. You could disagree with somebody and I don't know, still be respectful, still say like, all right, well, this is how I think. And that's how you think. And that's totally fine. And we agree to disagree, but it doesn't mean I dislike you or I think you're stupid. I think that there is a a set expectation that managers need to take on, which is what are the main ground rules for building a community so that when someone comes in here, they, if they're, if they don't feel like they're a part of the echo chamber, they, they feel safe in being a part of that. But I think if you, I think if you get to the point where you're, you're trying to call the people who disagree with you, or you're trying to create like the micro of micro communities, there's another C word for that. And it's a cult. Mm -hmm. And it's not what we're doing here. (laughs) We're looking to uplift, enlighten, and make people feel good, like they're not alone. Yes. It, It goes back to the, we want the table that everybody feels welcome at. This, this is our, our. Dining room table, let's feast, let's have a conversation, let's support each other. What a fantastic conversation on community. I told you it would be. I like it when I'm right so much. (laughs) Christina Garnett, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter, LinkedIn, Instagram, although my Instagram is basically like nature pictures. So don't be, don't think it's going to be anything fascinating. Um, but at that Christina G or Christina Garnett, and then you can go um, check out the HubSpot community at community.hubspot.com. Go check things out, figure out um, if there's maybe a spot for you, something you'd like to learn, connect with. There's multiple micro communities that you can join. You can connect with if you've taken a certification course that you really love. We have study groups so you can connect with other people who've taken the same certifications that you've taken. So would love to have you and let me know if you have any questions. Fantastic. Thank you so much. And Christine Gritman, where can people find you? Uh, I'm sort of a split personality right now. So my personal brand and my my branding stuff is I'm the only Christine Gritman around. So you can Google that and I'm that. I'm C Gritman on a bunch of socials. I'm Christine Gritman Inc. I'm Gritman.com. But then the thing that I'm really into lately, of course, is the Social Media Pulse community, which is launching so soon. So get on our wait list for that. And that is a bit.ly link. I think Deb had it up at some point. It was bit.ly slash, and then it's case sensitive. It's SMP for social media pulse underscore community. Oh no, wait list. Wait list. And wait list has a capital W. Um, So that will, you'll just get on the list and we will make, and we will make sure that you are one of the first people in the door. When we do launch, we would love to have you please get in there. Tell us what to do. Seriously. We want to make it a great place. Awesome. And Doreen, where can people find you? Well, 
I put my um, Morn Media handle, that's Instagram, Twitter. Um, and then, of course, like Christine, there's only one Doreen Morn Van Dam out there. Um, <laughs> if she wears orange glasses, that's me. Um, it's pretty easy to find on LinkedIn. Um, LinkedIn is a great place to connect with me. Like Christina, um, mostly nature pictures and, and my animals are on Instagram. Um, I, I shared a reel the other day. My dogs was playing in the snow and I was very excited at 3,000 views. I was like, oh my gosh. Um, but I'm really more active in my Facebook communities and on LinkedIn. So yeah, I'd love you to follow me on LinkedIn and connect with me, you know, talk to me in a message and tell us, uh, tell me that you listened to this incredible conversation tonight. Love that. Fantastic. Thank you. And I'm at the Deb Method everywhere, or you can find me on LinkedIn and connect with me there. And if you go to the debmethod.com slash blog, you can get the recap to this and my previous live conversations along with the links. And if you need help figuring out what you want and how to get it, you can go to the debmethod.com slash goals to learn more about how I can help motivate you to live the life you want or grab a copy of your goal guide on Amazon or your favorite place to buy books. I'm so excited. This was so fantastic. Thank you all so much. Do you have one final thought, like three lines, something snappy and motivating and awesome to leave our audience with? Doreen. If you're not part of a community, if you are alone, if you still feel um, that you haven't found the right people to connect with, whether that's in your work life or your real life, um, connect with me and or Christine or Christina, and we will help you find, or Deb, and we will help you find a community of like-minded people, whether that's, you know, work or life. We, with just our fingers walking on the keyboard, we can connect you to the right people. So that's what I want to leave you with. There is a community out there for people just like you. And I think that will be huge. That's beautiful. I love it. Okay, Christina, you have to top that. Um, I can't. Um, but um, I would just say, I would just say that right now a lot of people feel really powerless. And the thing that's always helped me is to figure out what are the small things that I can do to make things better. And so I would just leave with a pebble can make a ripple. And if there's anything that you do, especially if you're feeling like you're having a bad day, if you're feeling like there isn't something that you can do that you kind of feel like just trapped or lost in, in everything that's happening right now, see if there's even something small, like you can just check on somebody that you, that you think is really strong, but maybe you haven't talked to them in a while. Chances are they don't have someone to talk to or they're the strong friend and they would love to have someone talk to them and just be able to, to share it could be sharing information online. It could be befriending someone like Doreen said. It could be just being that person that, that holds a hand out to say, like, you're welcome here. We'd love to have you. The things that you do may not mean a lot to you, but you'll never know how much they mean to somebody else. And so just create that ripple. You did it. You taught her <laughs> or at least equaled her. That's equal. This is what yeah. I expect. It, it's so important. People need to know they're not alone, which is why this mm -hmm. conversation is so important. But it's always important. There are people out there and we're your cheerleaders. We're your connectors. You're having trouble. Find us. We can help you out. Christine, 
I'm not going to top those at all, <laughs> but I am going to connect to them, which is that um, when it comes down to it, hurt people hurt people. The reason why there's negativity in the world is because people don't feel heard because people feel like nobody gets them. And that's what leads them to generally speaking. Um, so, I mean, be the pebble, a pebble can create a ripple. A pebble can be, you know, that tiny, nice gesture. You don't know how many, how much negativity you just prevented from spreading because you let that one person feel heard. So yes, you might make their day, but even bigger, you might make them feel a sense of, you know, tiny little bit of belonging, or at least a tiny little bit of being heard that, can make the difference in how they go forth in the world, how they go forth in their day. And it just impacts so many more people than even that just one person. Um, being kind, being welcoming, almost never the wrong move, unless you're with the Tinder, the Tinder swindler or whatever the heck. But, but you know, there's limits. But, you know, small pebble of kindness, small pebble of kindness, almost never the wrong move. I keep thinking, be kind, rewind. I think we're all Do like that too. generation Xy enough. Well, here's the thing. If you rewound the tape, that meant that the person who worked at Blockbuster didn't have to do it, which put them in a better mood to serve their customers. So really, ripples. Be kind, rewind, or just put some good out into the world. Just be nice. Thank you again, Christina Garnett. Christine Gritman and Doreen Moran Van Down for joining me. And thank you all for, for joining us today for this important episode on how to create community, find community, and, and feel a little bit more peace. We hope we helped. And go create community. Make people feel welcome. We know you could do it. So go on out there. Go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.